Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Mark Thompson. Get woke. God bless you. Get woke. Folks, MIP is now COVID free, meaning free to all subscribers as we navigate this pandemic. We're thinking about everyone and we've got to get through this together. So for a limited time, no fee to subscribe to make it plain on your favorite podcast app. Ladies and gentlemen, my guests today during this DNC convention, an exciting week already. But my guest today is someone I first met on a town hall with uh, Reverend Jackson a little over a month ago, Reverend Jackson and Rainbow Bush. And she impressed me so, I said, I want to talk to her. At the time, before conventions were making different decisions in COVID, and even the Democrats at that time were planning to go to Milwaukee, and Trump was planning to go to Charlotte. And I'll never forget what my guest said on behalf of her city and mandating certain safety measures. She said on that town hall, this is not a negotiation. And <laughs> I said, oh. and I think that, you know how someone can say one thing in a town hall and nobody remembers anything else but that one thing that was said. And when she said that, everybody, yeah. even other mayors, because uh, I think Keisha Lance Bottoms was on another, they were like, oh, yeah. oh okay, yeah. we're not playing here in Charlotte. She is the 59th mayor of Charlotte, North Carolina, who does not play Mayor Vi Lyles. Mayor, how are you? 
I'm doing well. I uh, watched a little bit of the Democratic um, National Convention last night, and I just think that what Michelle Obama made that speech so well and pointed out that, you know, we think things are bad, but when she said, it can get worse. Mm -hmm. And that made all of us kind of sit up and think about it a moment. So I think that she, um, first of all, for black women overall, Michelle Obama represents such um, integrity. Um, she represents so much what it means to be a black woman, especially as a mate, as a partner with someone. And how it, she reminded, reminds me sometimes of my mom. And nobody, in no way except the values to say, this is about family. And our family is bigger than just what we are living in this one house together. Our family extends way beyond that. And so I, she was really good, Justin. What stood out to me, and folks, before we started this interview, the mayor and I were talking. I was talking to her about some of the work I had done in Washington, D.C., I was privileged, Mayor Lyles, to be very close to Dr. Dorothy Height. And when, amen, right? And so yes. um, when Michelle Obama last night was speaking and she said that she doesn't even like politics. And speaking of black women, it reminded me of what Dr. Height used to always say. And, and I think I heard her say it in a small group before she could say it publicly, said it publicly once. She said, black women, and I know this from my mother and grandmother who raised me, black women, you all don't always get to do what you want, but you do what you have to do. And when she said, I'm not into politics, but we might have to put our comfortable shoes on, pack a lunch and a breakfast. I just thought about Dorothy Hyde in the context of doing what has to be done. Um, and that's what she's done, and that's what, frankly, all of you black women have always done. I know our, us black men could do a whole lot more, but if it weren't for you all, well, first of all, if it weren't for you all, we wouldn't have a black woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, right? I think, you know, I have five brothers. Okay. So I grew up in a house full of men um, <laughs> growing to be their best selves. And sometimes they stumble, but what I think about black women we're not allowed to stumble that often. One, our, often we have to stand there to be able to pick up. And, and that's what I remember about my mom, both as a mother and as a wife. She was always ready that when you got to the place as a black man that you couldn't get paid or couldn't get that job or didn't have that opportunity, she immediately grasped, this is about the soul of your manhood. And I'm going to be there to support it. And honestly, uh, if all of us understood that the soul of this country right now is in jeopardy and that we all got to stand up and hold up Kamala Harris, hold up Joe Biden, otherwise, I'm not quite sure where we want to live anymore. I've had so many people say, I'm moving out of the country. And I say, no, don't move, don't move. Stay here and fight. Yeah. Make those, get those voters in. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever imagine we'd have a convention where a former first lady is an African-American speaking in that way, and we're about to nominate an African-American as vice president, African-American woman, to 
of the most significant African-American achievements in history all in one convention. I, I don't know that I would have imagined it. You know, I thought that once we had elected Barack Obama, that, I mean, just this is just maybe my age showing. I was thinking they'd never, they'd never, they're never going to elect another black person. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know, they can now say, one, we did it already. Yeah. But they don't, they do not understand the strength of being black in America. And that's one of the things. I, I, I come to Washington on occasion to visit, and I was walking through the halls one day, and Kamala Harris was walking down the hall with another senator. Of course, I didn't care who the other senator was. It was all about Kamala. And she glanced and said, gave us, a, you know, that head nod. I recognize you. You're black. I understand you're here. But she was hammering into this man so badly. I felt like, you know, you, you need to just stop. You, you're not going to win this one. Because she was focused. Um, just, just so focused. And I had the opportunity to meet her when she came to Charlotte during her presidential bid. And I don't think that I saw a woman as warm and ready to um, embrace who she was. And that moment, you know, you can sometimes tell with people, just it's just something we know and do. And maybe it's just that sisterhood that we have. Perhaps that's it. But I would say to you that, you know, you can be both, you can have empathy, as Michelle Obama said last night, and still whoop some butt. Yeah. That's right. Do what needs to be done. That's right. So, so I, I'm want to be clear. What is the RNC doing? Are they still coming to Charlotte at all, or just? Uh, yeah, they 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 will be here. They will have one business meeting on Monday, next Monday. Um, the rules committee of the convention will be having their meeting because they. Actually, I know it's interesting that the president talks about the pandemic and, and everything's okay, but even with the Republican delegates, they only elected six delegates per state to travel. And out of those, if you took everybody, that would be about 600 people, but we're expecting a, a little bit around 300 people to actually come to the city on a Sunday, meet on Monday, and, um, and then nominate President Trump for re-election. And that's what they're doing here. But again, it's not negotiable because we had to lay in on what was required mm -hmm. because we still are in a pandemic. And um, I have to say that once they knew that the governor and I were synced up together and we were going to require this, they hired a former Homeland Security epidemiologist. Um, they uh, brought him in and did a plan, and they're doing things that are really unprecedented for a convention. They'll be wearing a fob like we have with our car that will actually record who they come in contact with so that if contact tracing is necessary, that can happen. And what I'm fascinated by is if you could do this for 300 people at a convention, why can't we do this for the millions of people in this country Mm. That continue. It, it, it astounds me that we can have this kind of um, effort and not do it in a way that serves the people, especially the disparities among Black and Latino people. Yeah. That's where we need that kind of focus. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. That's amazing that they're doing that for that small group, and yet have shown no interest. In fact, we've we've 
what's been reported is the opposite. That when they found out how blue states might be affected, they didn't want to do anything. They wanted it to just happen in the way it happened. That's so. Is Trump himself coming to Charlotte? No, he will not be coming to Charlotte, um, which was, I think, um, his hope was to come and have one of those rallies. Well, we saw what happened in Tulsa, and there's not been another Trump rally since then. And finally, I think he understood that people have to wear masks to stop the spread of the disease. Um, as my um, granddaughter says, the sickness, and it is. Um, he saw in Tulsa that people died. I mean, Herman Cain was in Tulsa, and he died of COVID. That's right. Because we, we could not have mass gatherings like that. And they have committed to social distancing, and the numbers are in on each room and everything. So I'm hopeful that um, within the next 48 hours, I'm starting on Sunday and Monday, that they can have a good meeting. And, and honestly, when we recruited the RNC um, in 2018, the reason that we did it is that, one, this is a city that's basically equal Democrat and Republican. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, we are a city that we pride ourselves on being able to have diversity and inclusion. But we're also a city that we want people to understand you can come here and live and be welcomed. And I thought since we had hosted in 2012 right. President Obama, we would be on a very short list of cities that would have hosted both the Democratic Convention and the Republican Convention. Mm -hmm. And as I tell them, I'm going to recruit you. I want you to come. I want you to spend your money. I want you to have a great time. But I will not be coming to your convention. And I stood by that the entire time. You know, I, I want to you feel welcome. But we can welcome you at the airport, and then you can go and do your business. And I think that's pretty much what we have to do now. Indeed, indeed. Um, speaking of the 50-50 uh, in your city, your state is a battleground state. Uh, uh, before I do that, though, let me just ask, how are the COVID numbers in your city, by the way? Let me ask that first. Um, wh wh where are you all's numbers right now? Right now, we are trending down. Our positivity ratings have gone from a 10.1 to about a 6.5. Um, we are doing all remote virtual schooling. Um, so that has helped make this um, a very fine moment. You know, if I, if I were president, I would say, if we could get just eight weeks of stay at home and everybody participated in that, perhaps we'd be able to actually start our economy up. But right now, our hospitality industry has been decimated. We've got so many people that are unemployed, um, and the idea that we're not getting any money in people's pockets, and I've told many people this, you don't want to be in a southern city at 99 degrees, you're behind on your rent, you're behind on your utilities, then where are you going to go? You're going to be in the streets, and our violence is up uh, more than last year, and I, I'm really surprised by that. Mm. But I understand. I mean, and these are this is violence happening between people that know each other, and particularly in our Black and Latino communities. People have to have hope. They have to have a job. They have to see their value. And right now, during this pandemic, we're not, we're not seeing that. Mm. that that's. 
that, that that's already, and it's not just there, we're hearing about the violence it's everywhere. Um, and, and I'm afraid there's not even um, the type of tracking of, of suicides as there should be. But we know those are happening too because of the state. Right. So, um, North Carolina is a battleground state. How do you predict a Biden-Harris ticket will do in your state? Uh, not to mention uh, the Senate race, Cal Cunningham. We need to win that too. Yes, and we've got our governor up for re-election as well. So we've got a really strong down ballot to go and, and work for. So my sense of it is that we're pretty even, and it's going to depend on who comes to the voting booth. Um, I want to really commend, and I know that this is something different, but we have two owners of our sports team. That's right. Um, Dave Tepper, he, he owns the Panthers, and Michael Jordan owns the Hornets. And both of them have opened up their venues, our Bank of America Stadium and our Spectrum Arena, for early voting. That in itself will help because they're going to have their staffs out there. They're the folks that... Um, you know, those NBA players aren't just wearing Black Lives Matter. They're actually showing up and doing things. And so they're going to show up on days that people are voting in that arena. And the same thing with our NBA um, team, I mean our MS in football team, NFL team. They're out marching in the streets with us. So we have to get out to vote. And sometimes we have to, you know, actually make it possible for young people to understand and I think these young sports professionals get it, and they're helping others get it as well. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, I know what's happening in Atlanta. The Dodgers opening up Dodger Stadium. That's what we need. And and then when you do that, you can actually have um, more distance, um, social distance when it comes to um, to voting. Mayor, right. I didn't, didn't, I'm not quite sure. I don't know what happened, but here we are. That's so, a, yeah, I think that that makes a big difference. <laughs> yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It does. Hey, you know. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Zoom calls oh. are, are great when they work, but some days. Yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about an apology you recently made on behalf of your city. Yes. Yes. Something. Tell us about that if you would. You know, we understand history. You and I read about it, we know about it. Our parents, our grandparents experienced what it meant to be black in the South particularly. And um, in the late 1960s, we had urban renewal. And, and what did um, Jane Baldwin called it? Negro removal? That's right. And that's exactly what took place in Charlotte. Over 10,000 people, over 200 businesses, many, many churches were bulldozed to make way for a master plan of offices and um, other um, redevelopment. And I, I made that apology on behalf of our city government, even though we have the most, I think, progressive and diverse group of elected officials now. In the days that this occurred, it was all about demeaning or diminishing the value of what black people had built and developed. It may not have been 
the same as what people thought was new and, and better, but it was still people that owned property. And today that property would have been worth many, many millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And so that apology was made because we just basically took wealth out of the black community and allowed others to build properties and businesses on that land. And they have generational wealth. And we struggle every day. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mayor Lyles, would Charlotte take up an issue like other cities have, Evanston and even Asheville, for reparations in light of, of what you're talking about? You know, I think that we have our own, every, every community is going to figure out how to address the issues of um, urban renewal or, or the issues of African-American neighborhoods and quarters. In Charlotte, what we're doing is we're investing and major millions of dollars into our African-American quarters that have pretty much stalled since, I would say, um, integration. You know, segregation wasn't all that bad because we had independent, we had our, our main streets, we had businesses, and we had people that we looked up to. But since when we began um, desegregation, a lot of those um, businesses suffered because there were choices, more choices perhaps, and that could be a good thing. But what we found is that those corridors have not changed often, and we are putting millions of dollars to build a new Main Street, to build more affordable housing. We don't want our corridors and our neighborhoods to be transformed. We want to take what's there and build it up, and that's what we're going to do. Amen. Um, do you feel, do you know or believe that a Biden-Harris ticket, because we know this is true through, this is the, the truth in Charlotte and many other cities since integration, uh, and even some in, in a not too distant past where we've seen gentrification and what have you. Do you think that a Biden-Harris administration will take issues like this up and address um, the economic disparity that we see so much of in this country. You know, um, the vice president has made a specific um, effort and a policy document on Build Back Better. And in that document, he commits to um, rebuilding communities and addressing equity issues that um, haven't been addressed in the last four years at all. So his commitment in that plan to affordable housing, his commitment to um, African-American businesses and access to capital. You know, the African-American Chamber of Commerce has 2 million members and less than 200,000 of them have a line of credit to be able to operate their businesses on. So when I think about what um, Vice President Biden has put into his policy document and commitment, on building uh, solar energy, creating new jobs, and giving people access to credit and a place to live, that resonates with me. And I believe that this country's ready for change and we're ready for that kind of change. At least I know Charlotte is. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's good to know and, and glad to hear that. Um, folks, Mayor Vi Lyles has been our guest doing great work 
in Charlotte. And um, congratulations on that work you're doing. We're going to uh, pray for you next week uh, when the RNC is there. I hope that is as well as, as can be expected. Um, but appreciate your steadfastness on behalf of your steadfastness on behalf of your community and its safety. Um, so, Mayor Lyles, it's a pleasure to see you again. Yes. Thank you. Come for visit us soon, today. okay? All right. And let's stay in touch, okay? All right. We will. Thanks so right. much. God bless you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. God, you are our refuge. Send our ancestors to guard our doors. Cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies. Heal, bless, and protect everyone listening and their loved ones. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.